Welcome everyone to Christ in the Classroom. This is a weekly podcast and video series that we're doing here at Sophia Institute for Teachers where we talk about various you know, subjects of the faith with some, some excellent guest speakers. Today we're joined by Dr. Amy Roberts who is an assistant professor of theology and catechetics at the Franciscan University of Steubenville where I graduated from. So it's great, it's great to kind of have that connection. I'm going to hand it over to Amy to talk about uh, Christ-Centered Care in a Self-Care World. I think I got that title right, but Amy, I'll hand it off to you. Thanks, Mark. It is really great to be here. And I just uh, want to say to all of you teachers that I am, um, I don't know that I have ever been more honored to be a Catholic school teacher as I have been this year, as I have talked to um, my former students who were out in the field. I taught high school for uh, 13 years before I joined the faculty at Franciscan University. And um, I have former students who are out in the field. I'm still in touch with my colleagues. There are other teachers that I have um, gotten to know over the years. And, uh, and even in the media, just as I hear about the heroic ways that Catholic school teachers have made uh, things, have made education happen for students in this last year, in the middle of this pandemic, and, and all the, the um, kind of educational acrobatics that teachers have pulled off for the sake of their students. And, and it has just made me so proud to be a Catholic school teacher. Um, but one of the things I'm hearing over and over again is that teachers are exhausted heroes. Teachers are worn out. And I've got 20-year veterans saying to me, I, I have never been as tired as I am this year. And, um, and so, uh, you know, we keep hearing all these pervasive encouragements to take care of ourselves and to attend to our self-care. And um, I, I think we go, well, when is that supposed to happen? And how is that supposed to happen? And how am I going to fit that in with everything else that I have to do? And um, I, I actually have a, a grad student who's an educator right now. And, and uh, one of the things that she said was, I, I would love to attend to my own self-care. I would love to sit at the feet of Jesus. But, you know, these papers are not going to get graded and these, and these uh, uh, students are not going to discipline themselves and these lessons are not going to get planned by themselves. I, I, I have these things that I have to do. And so, um, so I just really wanted to share some thoughts and some ideas and, and hopes of helping you teachers um, to uh, not, not just attend to your own self-care, but actually to um, engage with Jesus um, in such a way that he can really refresh you. And so um, I, I wanted to start with the story of Mary and Martha. And um, Mary and Martha, I think that story has something to say to us as teachers and in these circumstances. So I'm gonna read the story from scripture and we'll just kind of use this as an opening prayer. Um, if you are watching this on video, you might see on your screen a painting uh, titled Christ in the House of Mary and Martha by Johann Vermeer. Um, and so if you're able to see that, then you can maybe look at that as I read this story. Um, but the most important thing I think is that I would invite you to um, try to hear this uh, as if for the first time, and also to try to put yourself 
in this story. Um, maybe put yourself in the shoes of Mary, maybe put yourself in the shoes of Martha, uh, or maybe even just be yourself as another guest in the, in the house of Mary and Martha. And just to try to imagine the story unfolding from your own perspective. So let's just pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, just come and be with us now. Open our minds, and our ears, and our hearts to whatever it is that you want to show us in this reading. Help us to set distractions aside and to be present to you as we listen to your word. Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion which shall not be taken away from her. And so I'd just like for you to think about who do you relate to more? Did, did you relate more to Mary who is sitting at Jesus's feet and listening to him? Or did you relate to Martha who is really distracted with much serving? Uh, and, and trying to take care of all the demands of the moment. And I'd just like for you to look into your heart of hearts and identify your gut honest reaction when you heard Jesus's words to Martha. And I'd just like for you to offer that reaction to the Lord. So Jesus, we just offer the response of our hearts to you. And we just ask you to guide our hearts and open our hearts to what you want to show us in this time we have together tonight. And we just, may this be all for your greater honor and glory as we pray. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Mark, I just wondered if you might kind of respond uh, on behalf of the teachers here. So, who do you relate to more uh, as uh, you listen to the story? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'm a, I'm a father of two with a third on the way. Um, so <laughs> undeniably I related, I related to Martha. I mean, it's, it's kind of that, that old adage, you know, like if, if you think you don't have enough time for prayer, that means you should pray a little bit more and how my gut reaction to that every time seems to be one of, you know, but what about X, Y, and Z and A, B, C, D through Z again? You know, I mean, it's just, there's yes. so much to do and it's, yeah. it's not easy to, it's not easy to, um, hear Christ's reaction uh, in our lives to, to slow down and, and leave that aside for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll really bring it to him. Yeah. 
Yeah. How did Jesus's words sort of strike you? Did it, uh, what did it sound like he was doing or, uh, yeah, doing to Martha as he was speaking to her, to um, your ears? I mean, you could take it in a couple of ways. I think you, you could, you could either see it as kind of a, um, a, a, a some tough love eye opening, but also just a, an acknowledgement that he, he knows what she needs. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, teachers, I think in general relate to Martha. I've never yet had a teacher tell me that they related more to Mary um, in this. And so I think again, you know, it's just that long list of things that we have to do and, and not just teachers, but parents and so many other people, you know, just feel overwhelmed by the to-do list. And I think that, you know, we can feel like Jesus is sort of rebuking us as we're in Martha's shoes or chastising us as we're uh, in Martha's shoes. And um, instead, what I really want to say and what I, I want to remind everybody of and what I often have to remind myself of is that Jesus cares for us better than any self-care. Uh, Jesus cares for us more than we care for ourselves. Um, and Jesus wants to take care of us. And so uh, rather than it necessarily being a chastisement or rebuke, it's really an invitation to Martha, like, oh, poor Martha, you know, just just try to sit down and take a load off for just a few minutes and, and let me refresh you. Um, but the hardest thing is that we do have all these different demands. And especially um, when those demands come from people who really need us. So our students, our students' families, our own families, they, they have real needs. They have real legitimate needs that are, um, are, are, we have a hard time saying no to. And uh, it's important, I think, for us to remember that Jesus wants to help them even more than you want to help them. So Jesus cares uh, about them even more than you care about them. And he wants to take care of you for your own sake um, so that then through you, he can take care of the others. And so um, that was uh, something that I wanted to, I, I think that's my overarching message tonight is just to remember that Jesus cares for us and wants to take care of us. Um, so I think, uh, maybe sometimes that may startle people or they can feel, uh, a little bit surprised to hear that. Would you agree, Mark? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's not easy to, to, uh, sometimes hear the words of someone who knows us better than we know ourselves. We think we've got our priorities figured out and then it, you know, it turns out <laughs> so we sometimes don't. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I know a lot of times teachers can struggle with that attitude or with that feeling of maybe I'm being selfish by, uh, you know, trying to take care of myself and, and, uh, or do certain things. And, and, uh, and so one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was just uh, how God has made us and going back to how God has made us or how God has created us um, can give us a, a, a kind of healthy attitude towards self-care that doesn't fall into selfishness on the one hand, but also doesn't leave us feeling uh, completely uh, exhausted and, and burned out and helps us to kind of carry carry through. So 
Um, I'm sure that uh, those of you who are here tonight, you've heard this before, that we're made in God's image. And I think that uh, often times we don't know exactly what that means. And so just to kind of run through it rather quickly, God is, is actually a communion of persons, which is sort of a, a complicated sounding term. I think if we really examine that, we don't quite know what that means. But we're talking about God as, uh, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that each person of the Trinity is fully God, but is united uh, as, as one. And so uh, they, are, uh, they are three in one. And so they're this communion of persons. And the Catechism tells us in 221 something really uh, startling. Uh, which is that God is an eternal exchange of love. Uh, that's, that's who he is. He's an eternal exchange of love. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are eternally uh, exchanging this infinite love. And that's the Trinitarian life. And then the Catechism goes on to say that he has destined us to share in that exchange. And so by being made in God's image, he is uh, making us for that relationship with him. He's making us to, he's made us to receive infinite love from him. And then to make whatever response we're able to make in our human finiteness. Um, but then to be so filled with his love that that overflows uh, in our love for other people. And so when, you know, as teachers, we often hear uh, that human beings are social creatures, that human beings are relational. Um, and, uh, and that's what we're referring to here is that we're made for this intimate relationship first with God and then uh, with other people. And uh, even sociological studies will bear this out, you know, that uh, real or perceived loneliness or real or perceived isolation can really uh, lead to some physical and mental health challenges. Um, and so we're, we're made for relationship with others. And that includes especially relationship with God. Um, so this is what really, um, this is what really, what we were made for. And this is what really satisfies us. And if we think about uh, prayer, or maybe we think about, uh, you know, the hermits who go out into the desert to be alone or, or something like that, um, they aren't alone. They're, they're deepening and cultivating their union with God, their relationship with God. And when we pray, um, the catechism quotes Teresa of Avila as saying that prayer is time with him who we know loves us. And so prayer is that receiving from, from God, that infinite love that, uh, that he is and that he offers us. Um, so that is uh, one dimension of what it means that we're made in God's image, that we're made uh, for that relationship with God and with other people. Um, and uh, we're also, also other dimensions of, of our being made in God's image or that we have an intellect, we have the power to know the truth and we have a will. So we have a power to choose, uh, to choose the good. 
So uh, image is ex uh, expressed bodily in human beings. Uh, image uh, is in human beings, we express how we image God bodily. So uh, we hug, you know, to, to show our loving relationship with other people that gets expressed through our bodies. Um, we, we study uh, as an exercise of our intellect, but we have to do that through our bodies. Or we teach, you know, through how we, uh, we speak with our bodies and how we communicate with our bodies, or we choose to serve, we do that with our bodies. And so um, in human beings, there's this really uh, profound union of the body with these um, spiritual powers uh, that God gave us when he made us in his image. Um, and so we're this union of body and soul. And what this means for us is that our body can influence our spiritual lives. Our bodies can impact kind of the 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 whole of us um, as persons. So we know we've experienced, I'm sure everybody here has experienced that when we're sleep deprived or when we're undernourished or when we're stressed or when we're worn out, that our spiritual lives suffer and our relationships with other people suffer. And so um, one of these very fundamental ways in which we image God ends up suffering if we don't give the body uh, it's, it's due. Um, and so this, this is true in human relationships and this is true in our relationship with God. So, um, now Amy, one, one thing I'm thinking here is, you know, obviously we could, we could better our spiritual lives by giving ourselves more sleep, giving ourselves better nourishment, but, you know, one might worry taking it too far in the other direction that you start to become, I mean, indulgent. I mean, there's got to be some sort of balancing act there. I mean, or do you have any, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, yeah. What I don't want to say here, what I don't want to imply here is that we uh, overindulge the body or that we give in to its every whim. Um, I think we need to remember that uh, temperance is a virtue, self-control is a virtue. And so um, there's a, uh, a, it's within reason that we do this. Um, but, and I also think that there are times where we face particular stresses, where we face particular sufferings, um, where we really have to press on, um, you know, through a crisis even. Um, and we may have to give our, ourselves sacrificially and sacrifice some of that sleep that we would like. Uh, if you've got a baby on the way, you're, you're uh, staring down the barrel of, of that very situation, right? Not a lot of Absolutely. sleep coming for you in the next uh, little bit. And, uh, and so, yeah, there's definitely times and seasons where we face that. And, and that can actually, those times of stress and, and suffering like that can, in fact, bear some spiritual fruit. Um, but what I think happens in a particular way with teachers as givers and as servants and as helpers is that we don't exercise the virtue of prudence. Um, and so we end up uh, going too long uh, with too little sleep or we, uh, we go too long by undernourishing uh, our bodies. We, we don't take authentic leisure time or authentic rest time because we we give in to the demands of of the moment and that that can end up leading us to 
um, some burnout and some exhaustion that's not um, not where the Lord necessarily wants us to be or never necessarily wants us to go. And so um, I think what, what I'm calling for here, or what I would, what I'm encouraging um, is that we be very careful that we don't uh, rely so much on ourselves and think that it's all up to me, but that in, in taking care of our bodily needs, that we're allowing God some space to work in the various responsibilities that we have and, and that we carry um, and to allow ourselves to have some of that authentic rest where we allow God to refresh us. Um, and then uh, sometimes we can come back to those duties and responsibilities with greater energy and greater creativity and, and, uh, and, and God can open up ways uh, for us to be more effective and more fruitful than we could have been without that. So um, now that we kind of have a lay of the land there, <laughs> let's, I mean, let's talk about how, how we make this happen. How do we let Christ care for us? You know, what, what might some remedies be? Yeah. So uh, one of our, our kind of ground floor entry point, if you will, is to look at the, the needs and the, the demands of the body and kind of get a spiritual perspective on this. Um, because I think sometimes we tend to, you know, beat down the body. Um, and again, we just have to be careful that we're exercising temperance and self-control, but also prudence in that. So um, I wanted to look, you know, again, going back to G letting Jesus take care of us, um, uh, letting him, uh, be able to refresh us and renew us and restore us. And so um, I, I'm going to start with the Sabbath rest. Um, we're told in, in Genesis right there at the beginning of creation that God rested on the seventh day. And obviously God wasn't tired, you know, but he did that in order to let us know about the importance of rest. And so um, I know I'm guilty of so often letting Sunday become my day to catch up on, on my unpaid work, you know, so do the laundry, balance the checkbook, mow the lawn, you know, do all the things that, um, that need are needed to make life happen, you know, and, and then, um, but there's, there's missing out on that time for that really restorative rest. And so, um, you know, the Sabbath rest is, is uh, given to us by God, precisely so that we can be freed from overwork and free for being present to God and being present to our other relationships. And so can we, uh, you know, can we try to do those life tasks on another day besides Sunday, or if it's something like uh, somebody does religious ed at the parish and those classes are on Sundays, could we designate another day um, that's really for that restorative rest, um, where we can really be present, you know, to God and, and, and to those other relationships that are important to us. Um, sleep. So, uh, lots of sleep studies that are out there, but I have to tell you that I kind of, I kind of laughed when I didn't kind of laugh. I really did laugh when I, uh, read Psalm 23, a couple of years ago, and it says, he makes me lie down. 
And uh, so we're really being told in, by the psalmist that we to truly lie down and rest and go and go to sleep. And so uh, all kinds of studies showing that we do, in fact, need uh, consistently seven to nine hours of sleep. But uh, most people typically get four to five hours of sleep. And so we are really running really uh, in a depleted way on that lack of, of sleep. And so uh, trying to organize our lives in such a way that uh, we're able to settle in to, and work towards uh, that, that good night's sleep and um, to you know, do those papers really have to be graded tonight or could they get graded a lot faster after a good night's sleep, you know, more sleep than just, just the four hours. Could you plan that lesson more quickly um, and plan a better lesson even if you had gotten more sleep um, than, than just uh, the typical that you get? Another thing is saying no, which I think might be one of the hardest things for teachers to say. Uh, I mean, you, you say no to Johnny when he's, you know, hitting the kid next to him, but, um, but to say no to people who are really in need um, is just so difficult. And several years ago, a wise priest pointed out to me that Jesus had to say no, that Jesus moved on to other towns even when people in the town where he was were still coming to him and still needed to be ministered to and still needed to be healed, but he, he still moved on. And what I took from that is that Jesus knows the pain, how painful it is to say no to legitimate needs. And yet uh, to be able to recognize when we need to go and attend to other responsibilities and into other needs as well. And that included his, his need to pray to his father in heaven. He broke away from all those needs um, to be with his father and to um, have communion with him on a regular basis. So um, I found that profoundly consoling that Jesus had to say no, and that he found it um, that, that he has experienced those limitations of time and of space, just like we experience as well. We can't do everything. Um, Jesus didn't do everything either. So we can ask him to help us to decide and to prioritize what we really need to do. Um, another thing might be uh, some kind of movement and especially outside and in, in the beauty of creation and in nature um, that this can really take our anxiety levels down if we do this. Uh, it's, it's good exercise for sure, but it's also just delighting in, um, the beauty of, of God's creation and, and just what a gift that can be. Uh, another way we can attend to our bodies and let Jesus take care of us through our bodies is through good nutrition. Um, we get so busy as teachers and it just becomes so easy to go through the drive-through or, uh, you know, to pick something up. And uh, that if we do that too much or too long, then that can end up, of course, leaving us sort of nutritionally depleted. So I love this verse from 1 Corinthians 10, 31, uh, which says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And so God wanting to nourish us um, through uh, 
the, the nourishing food. And just uh, to remember that as we're making our food choices, as we're tempted to go through the drive-through, one thing that helps me to avoid the drive-through is that during my off months in the summer, I love to cook. I love to play in the kitchen. Um, and so I cook a lot uh, in the summer and enjoy that. And then I freeze a lot of it. And then those school nights when it's just so hectic and it's, it's, uh, and I'm too tired to cook and uh, the freezer is a lot closer and a lot faster than my drive, than the local drive through. And so um, that's one, one way that I find uh, it helpful, uh, a way to do that. Also um, praying, you know, praying grace before meals, uh, just asking God to bless us and, and bless our food. Uh, just again, thanking him for what he's given to us. Um, so this allows him to take care of us, uh, even through our, our eating. Um, and then something that's really popular right now is uh, this whole idea of mindfulness and the whole idea of, of, of breathing. And uh, there's definitely some usefulness in that. I find it especially helpful to do that when it's directed towards God. So um, what do I mean by that? Uh, there's an ancient prayer uh, where that we can pray with the rhythm of our deep breathing. And it goes like this. So as we inhale, we pray, Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, and then as we exhale, have mercy on me, a sinner. Inhale, Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God. Exhale, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that uh, just allows uh, the benefits of the breath that God has given us and the, the breath that he is, the Holy Spirit is the um, the Hebrew word in the scripture for spirit is, is also the word for breath. So ruah. Um, and so we're just uh, allowing the Lord to, to come in and to uh, calm us and to focus us, but, but also to remind us that he's here with us. Um, and so directing our thoughts uh, and our, our mindfulness toward him who really wants to take care of us. So that's uh, taking care of our bodies. Um, Jesus also wants to take care of us through our hearts. Um, and so this is also a dimension of who we are and how he's created us and how he's created us to be in relationship with him. A few months ago, a friend of mine made this observation. I thought it was just so perfect. Um, she said, we're not God's employees we're God's children. And I think a lot of times those of us who are working, especially like in a Catholic school where it's a kind of ministry focus that we can start to feel like we're God's employees. And we've got all these tasks and all these things on the to-do list um, that, that need to get done. And, and we start to feel like God's sort of this taskmaster. Um, and we want to remember that he wants, he wants to take care of us and he doesn't want it to be the slave driving thing. Um, but rather he, he wants us to work together, um, to minister to his people. And so, um, one thing that I find really helpful so that prayer doesn't become another task on the to-do list is to memorize key scriptures. 
Um, and so I'm going to give some examples of some scriptures that I find really helpful. Um, and scripture is the word of God speaking to us. This is God speaking to us, his, his very word. Um, and so by memorizing these scriptures, we're like hearing him speak to us. And so these scriptures I find especially helpful, um, especially in busy seasons. So 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Uh, another translation says, cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. And so as I go through my crazy busy day um, at certain intervals, like maybe a break between classes or a bathroom break, you know, rare as those can be some days, you know, um, to just re recall that scripture that I've committed to memory, cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. And so then just to respond to that, you know, something like, Lord, I'm giving you this difficult situation. I'm giving you this thing that I'm anxious about because I know that you care about me and you care about this thing that I care about. And so I'm just handing this over to you and I'm asking you to take care of it. So that brief prayer, just as I'm going about my day, as I'm uh, walking down the hall from one thing to the next, um, uh, uh, that, that connection with the Lord, um, that heart. Uh, that heartfelt connection with him who we know loves us. Another uh, scripture I mentioned before, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, I mentioned earlier, he makes me lie down. He restores my soul. And so uh, recalling that, uh, calling that to mind as I'm going about the things in my day, and then just saying, you know, Lord, you're my shepherd. And so I trust you to provide all that I need in this moment and in this day. And as I face this situation with this student or this colleague, you know, and I, I ask you to restore me and refresh my soul. Another one like that, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. This is Jesus talking now. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened and I will give you rest. Um, and so teachers, especially, you're, you're heavily burdened. You, you see these students and some of them, your heart just breaks for them. Um, you're heavily burdened with the different things that you need to do for them. Um, and Jesus says, bring it to me and I will give you rest. So to remember that as a, a student tells you something or um, as a colleague tells you something, or you see some heavy burden and just saying, Lord, I give this to you. I, I am laboring and my labor is not enough. And I give this to you. And I just ask you to give me rest for both my body and for my soul. Uh, and, and just one last scripture suggestion. Um, one that I really love John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And, you know, Jesus didn't just mean heaven and eternal life. He did mean that, but he meant abundant life here too. And so, you know, just remembering that, okay, Lord, you want to give me abundant life. Lead me and guide me to that abundant life. Lead me and guide me to make the decisions that I need to make today uh, to make that abundant life, to have that abundant life uh, and to receive that from you. Um, 
another way of Jesus taking care of our hearts. I, I could have mentioned this when we, I was talking about Jesus taking care of our bodies, um, but the Eucharist, uh, that bodily nourishment of the Eucharist um, also becomes nourishment for our hearts and for our souls. So Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And so this is a, a key way to receiving the abundant life that Jesus came to, to give to us. And so this, this bread from heaven, this bread for our journey, uh, we receive it at Sunday mass. If we're ever able to get to daily mass, we can receive him again, then this bread of life um, to go to him in the Eucharist uh, in the tabernacle at uh, adoration. If you have that available to you, uh, just, being in his presence and receiving this bread of life. Uh, and then one final way that Jesus takes care of our hearts is through the examine prayer. And uh, I wish I could spend so much more time on this. I'm not talking about just an examination of conscience, but instead I'm talking about looking back on your day and seeing the times where faith and hope and love in God, that, that just came very easily to you. And then also looking back on your day and seeing where faith was hard and hope was hard and loving God was hard. And what were the circumstances that made that a challenge and that made that difficult? And what led to those circumstances? Um, and starting to maybe see where um, you might need to make some rem take some steps to make some remedies. So maybe you had sort of a tense moment with a spouse or with a coworker, or with a student, and uh, that had kind of a domino effect. And so um, seeing where faith and hope and love were challenging in our day and then tracing that back and recognizing the causes, we can also see how the Lord wants us to work um, to remedy those things. And then that brings a greater peace and relief uh, to our anxieties of heart. So uh, letting Jesus take care of our bodies, letting Jesus take care of our hearts. Um, finally, uh, we wanna let Jesus take care of and, and direct our minds as well. So some of the things I'm gonna say here, I could have categorized with the body or with the heart, but, um, I felt like they needed the support of the things that I recommended before in order for these things to bear the greatest fruit. But you probably see how there's some interconnection and, and integration in all these different activities. So spiritual reading can really feed our minds, um, whether we're talking about spiritual reading from the lives of the saints or um, writings of the saints, spiritual reading from the catechism, uh, Pope Francis put out a beautiful letter on the year of St. Joseph. It's wonderful spiritual reading. It's, it's uh, fairly short. Um, so just a few minutes of doing some spiritual reading to feed our minds, but at the same time, it's feeding our hearts and, and um, refreshing us and, and energizing us, giving, uh, really giving our bodies uh, some spiritual energy. Uh, and then meditation. Uh, meditation is also very popular right now in, in kind of a secular sense, uh, but I'm talking about not a meditation that leads us to nirvana so much as, as a meditation 
uh, that's directing us to being in relationship with God. And so to talk to him and to listen for his direction, meditation is really difficult when we are so distracted by all the to-do lists and all the duties. And so uh, we often have to ask the Lord to help us to set those distractions aside, or uh, we may have to uh, literally say to the Lord, I'm entrusting this distraction to you, and I'm entrusting this distraction to you, and I'm entrusting this distraction to you, so that we can have a minute together. Um, you, you probably try to do that with your spouse uh, if you're married or you try to do that with close friends. And so again, we're trying to be together with him who we know loves us and in being present to him uh, and, and entrusting those distractions to him for just a few minutes uh, that allows him to refresh us and to restore us and to, to re-energize us so that we can uh, carry out our tasks and our responsibilities uh, with greater energy and greater fruitfulness. Um, things that we can use for meditation, uh, Sunday mass readings are really helpful. Uh, choosing a gospel and just gradually, slowly reading through that gospel or another part of the Bible. Um, but doing it not so much as for study, which can be important, but really doing it so that we are being present with him who we know loves us and that he's able to speak to us and, and to form us uh, in our minds through this exercise of, of meditation. And then uh, prayer, which really uh, I've brought this up in every category of, of body, heart, and mind here. Um, but I just notice in my own life that so often uh, my prayer can be so distracted. Um, and maybe at the beginning of a task, I might, uh, I, I might say, I might remember to say, Lord, I'm just asking your blessing on this work. But even when I do stop and, and say that to him, that sometimes I'm already mentally working on the task. And so there's kind of even this distraction, even in trying to entrust the work to God. And so just really stopping and pausing for just a few seconds and being present again to him who we know loves us and lifting up our work to him and all of our responsibilities or the particular duty that we're carrying out at this moment, the particular student we're interacting with at this moment, the particular colleague we're interacting with at this moment um, in our prayer. And so uh, it's not about in, in all these different things that I've said, I, I hope it hasn't sounded like here's the, another whole list of things that you need to do, but I hope that you see how you can sort of alter and, and adjust how you're doing what you're already doing in such a way that it can be given over, uh, given over to God, uh, given over to him who we know loves us and him who really uh, wants to take care of us. That's excellent. Now, what I'm what I'm sure we're all dying to know is, you know, how do how do we how does this translate for our students? You know, given that we are teachers, what how do we bring this to our students? Yeah, a great question. And um, I think the first thing that I want to say is that when we're allowing the Lord to refresh us and to restore us and to renew us, 
through some of these practices, when we're allowing him to take care of us, then we are in better shape to take care of our students. And so that's already a huge benefit to them. Um, if, if when you fly, you know, you might remember that the uh, they always tell you at the beginning of the flight that if something happens and the oxygen mask drops, then put your own mask on before you help somebody else with their mask. And so as we are allowing the Lord to take care of us, that's like getting our own oxygen mask on. And so then we're able to, to take care of our students and, and their families and, and our colleagues and, and our own families as well. But I think we also can so easily share with our students and encourage our students to exercise some of these same, uh, same practices. So encourage them to go to mass on Sunday, encourage them uh, on Fridays, you know, don't forget to, to go to mass this weekend. Um, try to get your homework done tomorrow, tonight or tomorrow so that you have Sunday free. Um, and so to get them in that, that practice or that habit um, of taking Sunday for their refreshment, encouraging them uh, to try to get their sleep, uh, maybe encourage them to think about turning off the video games for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour before bedtime. Uh, that could be a great way to help them settle down uh, and sleep better. Encourage them to play outside. Um, in the beauty of creation, you know, weather permitting and, and uh, certainly their, circum their own living circumstances uh, permitting, but uh, playing outside can be so restorative uh, and, and help them to uh, realize the, the great good of, uh, you know, of, of good play. Uh, teaching them some of these breathing exercises, teaching them to pray, you know, inhale, come Holy Spirit, exhale, come Holy Spirit, inhale, come Holy Spirit, or come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. So we have so many students who uh, have been diagnosed with anxiety. We have so many students who probably could be diagnosed with anxiety. And uh, this uh, praying with our breathing can really calm uh, our anxious students and, and help them to ask the Lord to help them. Teach them to memorize scriptures. Uh, maybe everybody uh, memorizes some of these uh, moving scriptures together uh, as a class, you know, and um, helping them to commit them to memory and helping them to remember that throughout the day uh, so that they can hear the Lord sort of speak to them through these scriptures that they've memorized, teaching them to talk to Jesus like they would talk to any friend. And especially our younger students are really, really ripe to be able to do that. They're at the perfect stage of life to uh, begin and to habitualize that practice. And I don't mean habitualize, like do it mindlessly, but to make it just as, as natural a part of the rhythm of their lives um, as, as breathing is. Teaching them to thank God for good things. Um, maybe at the end of the school day, just uh, uh, saying a prayer or at the end of class, saying a prayer and thanking the Lord for the good things that happened in that day or in that class period encouraging them to go to confession. Uh, if, if they're uh, age appropriate, you know, if they're Catholic. Um, so confessing to God and asking God's forgiveness, but then also, um, you know, owning up when they have offended somebody else, whether it's a peer 
uh, whether it's a family member, whether it's a teacher, you know, owning up and taking responsibility for what they've done wrong and, and asking for forgiveness. That, that, that can calm a lot of anxieties and uh, give us a real peace of heart. Uh, praying, this is the, the year of St. Joseph. And so uh, teaching them to pray to him who uh, Teresa of Avila said St. Joseph had never let her down for anything that she'd asked of him. And so he's a great saint, but so many other patron saints that we can ask their intercession. Uh, so teaching the, the students to do that and then modeling that uh, in the prayer in class. And then uh, helping the students to meditate on those gospel stories that especially speak to their hearts. Um, the, the good shepherd really speaks to the hearts of young children, this good shepherd who's going to take care of them and, uh, who goes after the, the one, uh, lost sheep and, and is so attentive to each one of us that he would, uh, that he comes after each one of us as if there, as if we were the only ones that, that mattered to him. Uh, little children, younger children, especially also love that story of the blessing of the children. Um, and so any of these gospel stories that just really speak to their hearts, uh, helping them to spend a few minutes to, uh, to meditate on that and to speak to the Lord in their hearts about that. So I think if we uh, teach and lead the students in these practices, uh, then that will help them as well uh, and, and uh, bear great fruit in their own hearts and in their own lives. Now, I got to say, looking at this list, I mean, <laughs> I know it says teach the students and that you're talking about things to bring to the students, but I, I myself, I'm looking at this and thinking, yep, need to do that, need to do that, need to do that. So it's just, it's all very, very great uh, advice. Um, so I want to thank you for, for, for bringing that forward as well. And, um, and one, one thing, full you... disclosure, I, I do have to make full disclosure. I'm preaching to myself on this first <laughs> and foremost. So <laughs> I may yeah. have an audience full of people that are very well versed in all of this. So this is an exercise in preaching to myself. Absolutely. I mean, this is, I know I'm just kind of, uh, uh facilitating and hosting here, but believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm bring, I'm trying to take all it in that I can. Um, so one thing we've been doing with Christ in the classroom is, is asking, uh, asking our guests to, to bring forward maybe some sort of cultural connection, maybe a book or a movie or a song, something like that, that you think really punctuates uh, what we're talking about tonight. So, I mean, do you have anything in mind that you could recommend to us to help us dive a little bit deeper into kind of the spirit of what you're saying? Yeah, you know, I can think of two things. So I, I hope it's okay if I say two. Um, I have uh, very recently gotten on the bandwagon with the Chosen TV series. So I don't know if, if uh, everybody here has heard about this, um, but it's an app that you can get on your phone and it is um, a, a, TV, a TV series on the life of Jesus. And when I first started watching it uh, last year in 2020, um, I, was, I was not immediately really struck by it, um, but it, it appears from talking to a lot of different people and from my own experience that uh, episode four is kind of the turning point. And what I have noticed and what I've heard from so many other people as well is that Jesus is just very joyful and he's very attentive um, to the, the people in his life in his life and attentive to their needs and attentive to their unique personalities and, and um, 
uh, it, it just helps to reinforce, I think, that, that sense of Jesus, uh, Jesus cares about us and he cares about the things that we care about. And he um, came to touch us and to refresh us and to, to, to take care of us and to serve us. So uh, that would be one thing. Um, another uh, kind of recommendation that I have or something that's really touched me um, is uh, the book, All Creatures Great and Small. Um, I, that was always on a reading list when I was growing up in school. And for whatever reason, I never read it. And people told me it was about a vet and I wasn't, I never really went through the animal phase. I'm allergic to a lot of animals. And so I never went through the animal phase. Um, so it just didn't really strike me. Um, but a couple of years ago, I picked it up and it is about a vet, but it's also about human nature. And so this vet goes from, from farm to farm, you know, on these calls and, and, uh, encounters human nature in the different uh, farmers and, and shepherds and, and families that he encounters. And um, it's, it's funny. It stirs the imagination. Um, it is uh, just really delight. It would be a great read aloud book. Uh, I've often heard of teachers, especially middle school teachers, reading it aloud to their students in the classroom. And uh, it, it, provides, I think, um, for me, at least it, it provided some authentic rest and, and refreshment, uh, as the, there was just this delight in the, the quirkiness sometimes of human nature. Those are wonderful recommendations. You know, it, it sounds, it sounds like, uh, something great that, that I might want to show my kids something like that. So, um, I, I just want to thank you for, for taking time uh, out of out of your busy schedule, <laughs> not that that's relevant to what we're talking about, but to to come here and, and share this this wonderful subject with us, um, and I just want to thank everyone who's who's here uh, to kind of watch and, and share in this with us uh, live tonight, but also everyone in the future who may be listening or watching uh, down the road uh, to to our Christ in the Classroom series, and of course we have more coming up. I encourage you to to register for more. Uh, at Sophia Institute for Teachers.org slash Christ in the Classroom. And that's Sophia with a PH. Uh, we've got a lot of excellent stuff coming up. And, uh, and this, of course, was no exception. It's been awesome. So, again, my name is Mark Kasjak with Sophia Institute for Teachers. I'm joined uh, by Dr. Amy Roberts at Franciscan University. So, thank you so much, Amy. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. And thanks to all of you teachers for all that you do. Thank you very much. And let's, how about we'll, we'll close with a prayer here. I'll, I'll just lead us in that really quickly and then we can get everyone on their way. So the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. God, thank you so much for bringing us together to focus more on, on you and how you care for us and how you know us best and in our heart of hearts, what we need better than, than, than what we know of ourselves. And we ask that, that you help us to remain focused on you, especially as we go throughout our day um, and anything we have coming up that's weighing heavily on our hearts or that might be stressing us out, help us to give that to you. Help us to sit at your feet and gaze at you and, and focus on your love and your grace and your mercy. Um, we ask this uh, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for participating in this week's episode of Christ in the Classroom. In order to request a professional development certificate, please visit Sophia Institute for Teachers slash CITC certificates. In order to access the free lesson with today's theme, 
as well as show notes, please visit sophiainstituteforteachers.org slash CITC lessons. Thank you and God bless you.